0: Three things, nature, witness, experience. The nature of God, who God is inherently, that he's faithful, we can trust him. Number two, the witness and testimony of others. We read witness and testimony in biblical example and current example. Our testimony in Revelation, it says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So giving testimony of God's faithfulness. Number three, our personal experience. So when we experience the faithfulness of God and we step out in faith and he's there, we know we can continue to trust him. So today in our series of dangerous prayers, we're going to just speak with you for a little bit about radical faith and what that means.
1: All right. So if you guys would uh, open up your Bibles, grab your phones, the words will be on the screen as well, Uh, but go to Hebrews 11.1.
0: While you're turning there, can I just say? we should pray. We we should pray, but also, I think we have an optical illusion here for you. So you see here, Justin is much taller than me. You see that, yes? Okay, why don't you sit down now? I bet I could make myself taller than him. (laughs) See, no, I'm taller than him. I have a really long torso, and he's got really long legs. So if you're wondering why when we sit, I'm taller, and when we stand, he's taller, it's because we're that good.
1: I'm sure we're the only ones who wondered that, but...
0: <laughs> that has nothing to do with our at all. talk today. I'm just really, right. apparently, amped I'm on coffee. Let's jump into the Word. <laughs> Let's do well, it. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: Um, all right. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So faith begins when our sight ends. When we can no longer see the road in front of us, that's where we have to have faith, and our faith uh, jumps out. Uh, when, when God places something on our heart, and we know that there's no way that we can accomplish that on our own, right? it takes faith to believe for it anyway. It takes faith to step out and do those things uh, even even though we can't see it with our own eyes. Uh, I'm sure some of you in here have maybe received a bad doctor's report. It takes faith to believe for restoration, for full restoration, even though the doctor's report says something different. Something that we heard years ago was uh, the facts don't count. Whatever the doctor says, we have, a, we have a, 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 our physician in heaven that we can receive full restoration. Um, maybe your marriage is in a rough spot, right? We've been there more times than I even want to. Amen. <laughs> um, but it takes faith to believe for, uh, for reconciliation and for restoration in that. Um, have any of you guys ever run out of month before you ran out of, uh, sorry, ran out of money. Before you ran out of month, Has that ever happened, Right? Again, more times than nope, we.
0: None of these people. This no is no amazing. one has ever
1: ran out wow, of money the provision before you ran out of the of the month. Lord there is we go. <laughs> Some couple honest people in here. Uh, right. It takes faith to know that God is going to fill in those gaps to make sure that our needs are taken care of. And a kind of a personal journey for uh, for us. We've been in that situation multiple times. And uh, one of the words that the Lord spoke to us for uh, for 2019 uh, was provision. And provision isn't just making sure that your basic needs are met. It's it's abundance. It's operating in abundance in time, in finances, in relationships. And so one of the uh, faith journeys that I'm currently on is is understanding that. The Lord has abundance for us, has just a just a tremendous amount for us, and for us to have faith that those things are going to come to pass. Um, maybe the Lord is speaking to you guys about a new thing, something that you've never experienced before, right? It requires faith to step out and actually just walk that out when you can't see the road ahead of you. Uh, For us recently, um, Friday night was our first uh, night of ministry for Freedom Culture. Thank you guys all who came out to that. It was great. Um, But we've never launched a ministry before. We've never been a part of that uh, before. So it took faith for us to step out. We had no idea what it was going to look like. Um, But the Lord showed up. So that's all that we really cared about anyway. Um, So using, using your faith... Relying on the Lord can be super scary for our flesh, for our, for our mind to say oh, uh, uh, the facts don't, don't add up. I can't, I can't experience this or, or I can't do this on my own. And that's what faith is. That's we have to rely on God to, to step in, uh, to jump into that. Uh, like that chair that, uh, that Rihanna was talking about, right? You As you sit down and over and over and over again, you start building your faith. And start trusting that those things uh, that you're believing for will just start coming to pass. Um, When when the Lord talks about a new thing, asks you to step out and do something else, uh, sometimes it can be kind of scary to know, well, is this God or is this something I just dreamt up? And am I crazy or is this the Lord, right? I've asked myself that many, many times. Uh, And so I just want to quickly touch on the Lord speaks in a lot of different ways. Uh, as an example, in First uh, Kings 19, uh, the Lord spoke to Elijah as a still small voice. Or, or I like this even probably even more. Uh, one translation says, "Like the sound of a gentle breeze." The Lord just—it's it's this, this little voice in your head that he'll that he'll that'll speak to you. Uh, Sometimes, like in 1 Samuel 3, where uh, Samuel was woken up in the middle of the night four times uh, out of a dead sleep, right? That was probably not a still small voice. That was maybe an audible voice, right? So there's different ways that the Lord can speak to you. Uh, Sometimes he'll speak to you through just as you're reading the word, right? Uh, Have you you guys ever had a situation where you're reading and there's a certain verse or a certain couple phrases that just, it's like it jumps off the page. It's in... It's, it's highlighted, or it, it isn't in your Bible, but it is, right? You're jumping off the page. That's the Lord speaking to you uh, about, about whatever, whatever it is uh, that, that he wants to communicate with you. Um, if, um, so if you're kind of wondering, is this the Lord or is this not? An easy, real simple way to, uh, to figure that out is, does it match up with God's nature? Is it, uh, does it line up with his word? And if it lines up with his word, it's him. That's it. It doesn't have to be this big, complicated thing. If it lines up with his nature, his word, then it's him speaking to you, big or small. Now, some of you may be hearing things that aren't lining up with word, or with God's word, and that's not God. It's, it's, again, it's, it's that simple. If he's telling you, if you're hearing something that goes against his word, You may be hearing things, but it's not the Lord, all right? (laughs) Um, All of us are on this different uh, journey of faith based on past experiences and and as we're exercising and using our faith. So I want to have Rihanna talk a little bit about uh, different measures of faith.
0: Yeah, so I love, you know, I love first of all to understand that faith begins when our sight ends. So if you can see it, it's not faith. If you're walking in something that you can see, it's not faith. Faith is when your sight ends, and that's when faith is ignited. And so we want to talk a little bit about just the measures of faith that are exercised. Now, I know that there's, um, well, let's just say it this way. The, the word faith in the Greek is pistis. It means your reliance upon Christ for salvation, and it doesn't mean just eternal salvation, but his salvation in everything, to, his ability to deliver you, to heal you, to save you from destruction, to come into your situation. And in Romans 12, 3, it tells us that we are each given a measure of faith. So if we're each given a measure, it's, about, it's not about how much faith we each have, because God has given us each our measure. It's about how we exercise that faith. So there are three different types of faith that Jesus talks about in the New Testament. One of them was great faith. He said in Matthew 8, 10 of the, great, of the centurion of the great faith, that he had not seen this great a faith in all of Israel. You see, the centurion came to him and um, his servant was paralyzed by a tormenting spirit and he was super fearful. So he came to Jesus and asked him to heal his servant. And so Jesus said, sure, I'll come with you. And he said, no, I know that the authority that you have, all you have to do is say the word. So in the word, it says that he had such great faith. Great faith in that phrase means that he had full reliance upon Christ. He didn't even need any of the people to come forth, lay hands on me, do this, do that, hop on one foot, turn around in a circle, okay, I'm healed. He knew that all Jesus had to do was send the word and he was healed. The second type of faith Jesus talks about is little faith. When he calls Peter out onto the water, Peter comes and then he begins to sink. And he said, "You have little faith. Why did you doubt?" That word, that phrase, "little faith" means short-seasoned or temporary. Peter sowed a seed of faith, and then all of a sudden, his surroundings began to swallow him up, and he lost it. And so we have short-seasoned or temporary faith, where we kind of get a little bit of like, "Okay, I'm going to believe God for this," but then when Things start happening in the world to sort of push against it we get afraid and start digging that faith back up and like forget it I guess God doesn't want that for me and then the last type of faith he talks about is no faith and so if we go to Mark chapter 4 starting at verse 35 I think they'll put it up on the screen for you here if you don't have your Bibles with um, this is when Jesus calls the disciples out in to the boat, and says, hey, let's go over to the other side. So I'm going to start at verse 36. It says, leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat just as he was. Well, thank God they took him just as he was, right? Amen. (laughs) And the other boats were with him. There arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. So it's not just like, a little bit of wind there's like this fierce gale wind storm happening and the boat is like capsizing and he, he's sleeping so either he sleeps really good and Jesus give me the anointing to sleep like that or he's making a point here and I think we're going to find the latter true so he's asleep back there and they start to freak out um, they woke him up and said teacher don't you care that we're perishing he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And when the sea died down, he became perfectly, uh, it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? No faith. No reliance upon Christ for salvation. You get yourself into a sticky spot, and you have no faith whatsoever. God is not the first. He's sort of the last resort. You do everything else, and then you come to your wit's end, and then you pray and say, Oh, my gosh, help me. So he speaks to this and says, why are you afraid? That word afraid there means to be faithless or unbelieving. You see, the storms in our life, whether they're spiritual storms, financial, marital, relational, physical, it doesn't matter. Jesus was teaching them something. This storm exposed something deep inside of them that they actually had no reliance upon him. They tried everything else first and then when they came to him, they actually began to accuse him. Why did God do this to me? Why doesn't God love me? Why, why doesn't this ever work out for me? When he says, all you have to do is sow your faith into this because my, your reliance upon me for salvation is what I've given you. I've given you a measure of it. You're just not using it. So again, it's not about how much faith you have. It's about how you use it, how you exercise it in your situations or in your prayer life. So Jesus slept through the storm because he understood what? That greater was he that was in him than he that was in the world. In 1 John 4, 4, this is what we're encouraged in, to know that as things rage on on the outside, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We've been given all the tools that we need. So it's really important to understand that just because there's a storm around you doesn't mean there has to be a storm within you you can have all kinds of things and situations of life going on because we all have them. It's not about not having challenges or not having problems. It's about to the extent that you let them within you to disrupt the environment of your spirit. In 2 Peter 2.19, it says, whatever you allow to overcome you, you become enslaved by it. That's a paraphrase, by the way. (laughs) I just need to make that clear. In case they pop it on the screen, you're like, wait, that says it, but in a different way. But basically, in 2 Peter, his, Peter said, if you allow something to overcome you, you become a slave to it. It's your master. And that is why Jesus always taught about masters. You get to choose. Freedom. Freedom is the central mission of the gospel. You are free to choose who you will serve. So just because there's a storm going on around you does not mean there has to be a storm within you. Amen? Yes? All, All right. right. <laughs> All right. We're still here. We're good.
1: All right. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the, the why is it important to use your faith, why the Lord wants us to step out in faith. Um, in John, I'm going to actually, uh, this is not going to be up here, but uh, in John 15, uh, 4 through uh, 6, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself... "...unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am a vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, it is that that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers." And the branch and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Using your faith, the reason why we want to use your, our, our faith is, is it really? It's all about dependency. It's about—it's uh, about intimacy with the Lord. It's about abiding in Him. It's about trusting in Him. Realizing that we need Him. That doesn't mean—that uh, doesn't mean that He's a crutch necessary. I've heard people say, oh, the Lord is your crutch. No, and that's not what it's that was saying. It's saying, I release everything to him, all of my troubles, all of my, my victories, my failures. I release everything to him, and I'm going to abide in him.
0: Yeah, and I think that's important because in uh, Hebrews 11, 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, this isn't about a slave mentality, well, I have to try to please God somehow with my actions. It's about saying the the mission of God for you is freedom to have intimacy with him. So if we are not walking in faith, in the hope that's anchored in who he is, then we are not in intimacy and that doesn't please him. So whenever the giants of old in the Bible used their faith, it says it was credited unto them as, as Righteousness, because God sees faith as relationship, as intimacy, as you abiding and saying, I have no idea how this stuff's all going to work out, but I do know the one who's already worked it out. His provision has already gone before me. And again, Justin had talked about the word provision, and provision isn't just saying, okay, hey, hey, I don't even know what that is. There's (laughs) like something that just came right off this microphone. Um, Sorry, I'm really distracted. Um, But it's not about saying, what was I talking about now? Uh, provision. provision. E. Velcro. Thank you. Provision. Okay, provision. So it's not about getting to a situation and saying, oh, I wonder how God's going to work this out. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what he comes up with. Provision is about, is about understanding that God goes before you and provides everything you need before you even get there. So the confidence we have in faith is to say, oh, this doesn't surprise him. He knows exactly what I need here, and he's already made the provision, so I receive it. I rest in you, God, and I receive the provision for this storm to be hushed. When Jesus hushed the storm, that, that word in the Greek actually says to muzzle it. And to put a muzzle on something means to keep it from biting at you or speaking or eating. So the storms of life, he keeps them from devouring you as long as you walk in who he is, not in what you're seeing. Amen? And so if we move into the, okay, so we understand why faith is important. We understand why God wants us to walk in faith. If I'm in a place that I feel I'm exercising very little faith, how does that increase? I've heard a lot of arguments on both sides of the fence to say, well, you can't actually have more faith, so don't pray that you have more faith because that's not possible. And then I've seen the other side of the fence that says, well, you just need to have more faith, brother. You're sick because you need more faith. Your your, finances are in the rut because you just have no faith. And really, both of these mentalities are incorrect in its extreme, because the balance is saying this, it's not about increasing our faith, it's about increasing in faith. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 3, Paul actually wrote a letter to the Thessalonians and said, we thank God for you, because your faith has incre- has groweth increasingly. And that phrase means to increase beyond an ordinary measure, so we know that Faith does increase. We know we can increase in faith. And so in Luke 17, 6, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. And this is how he answers them. He says, I'm telling you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, if this is the measure you have, just this little teeny bit, you could move that mountain over there. If you what? Use it. It's about using what you have. And he also likened the kingdom of heaven to the same mustard seed and said... The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man just throws and and sows it into his garden and it grows a tree so lush that the birds of the air can even nest in it. That's the kind of fruit you can have if you sow the seed. And so increasing in faith is not about getting more faith. It's about sowing and, and, and exercising the faith that you have in obedience so that it can be increased and you can increase in it. Amen? So it's not about asking God, God, I need more faith. I, have, I just don't have faith. He said, you have faith. I've given it to you. But we also don't sit back in this lazy Christian mentality saying, well, this is all the faith God's given me, and I guess this is just where I'm at in life, and it's never going to get any bigger than this. I'm just not a giant in the faith. Yes, you are, because he's given you the seeds to sow, and he'll give you the opportunities in your life to use it. We all have them. Every challenge, every storm, everything that comes is an opportunity for you to sow that seed of faith. Will you have great faith? Will you have little faith? Will you have no faith? How will you exercise it? It's up to you. And so the basic way that we increase in faith is action. Is really just action. Prayer stepping out God gives you a vision you step out if you have no idea what's coming next you still step out you say I know God has given this to me I know God has given me this job to work I know this God that God has given me these children to raise I know that God has given me this marriage to cultivate I know that God has given me this ministry to steward I'm gonna do I have no idea what this looks like I feel like a failure but I know I'm not because he has given it to me and so you sow your seeds of faith in prayer And so I'm going to hand this back over to you. I think, are you Sounds getting preached to, brother? Yeah. Woo. All right. All right. So. Um,
1: so, from a practical sense, when we're walking out in faith, um, this is how we need to do this. We need to take a step, right? We don't know what's in front of us. We take a step forward. And then we just take a moment and you observe introspection. Take a look around. What's going on? Uh, am, am I still in the will of God? Take another step, right? Am I still in the, uh, uh, what God has asked me to do? Um, introspection is really important, but what we can't do is, is spend too much time there, and otherwise we get bogged down and we just we just hang out there our whole life and all we can do is think about all the things that are going wrong, right? So we want to observe what's going on and then take another step of faith observe what's going on, and take another step of faith. Uh, Ask yourself, what can I learn from this situation? When storms come, right, not if storms come, when storms come, what can we learn from this situation? When our our kids are going through a season that's really, really difficult, what can we learn from this situation? How can we become a better parent? When uh, work seems like it's just, Overwhelming, or we're afraid we're gonna lose our job. You step back and say, what, what can I learn from this situation? What what is where's God leading me to next? Um, be really mindful of the thoughts that go on in your head. Uh, all of that negative self-talk that can happen. Anytime that you uh, you hear a voice saying, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not whatever, whatever that tape that plays over and over and over in our head, be mindful of that. Remember when I, we, we talked about how we want to know if it's the Lord speaking? The Lord doesn't speak that way. He doesn't tell you that you're not enough. He doesn't put doubt in your mind, right? He only edifies. He only glorifies he only encourages you to jump out, to step out, and to do, to do those things. So you have to take those thoughts captive, right? That's why you take a step and you listen and you learn. You, you have a little introspection. Take those thoughts captive. Say, no, Lord, I know that's not you putting this thought on my mind, right? It's, it's the enemy that's trying to get me off track. Don't allow it. Take those thoughts captive. Rebuke the enemy if he's trying to come on you. Use your faith. Step out, even when it's super scary, because it can be. But I promise you, you will come through that, come out the other side, and say, Oh my gosh, Lord, look what you did. Look what you restored. It's it's an amazing testimony. Testimony. For our lives. And as we share that testimony with others, it will set others free so that they have the faith to say, you know what? Justin and Rihanna, they stepped out. I'm going to step out and just continue to live a life that way. It will absolutely blow your mind.
0: Yep, amen. And I think it brings back to just the abiding factor you know, just, just walking with the Lord and giving him, letting him give you the opportunities instead of rolling over every time something happens. Oh my gosh, my kids are sick again. Oh my gosh, my wife is, you know, on a rampage again. Oh my gosh, my husband is looking at his phone all the time again and just freaking out all the time. Take a minute and say, okay, this is an opportunity for me to believe what God says, that health and wellness are my portion that God is faithful and that, his mar- that marriage is important to him and that my spouse is important to me, that this job is important for our family. And so we sow seeds of faith into prayer and thanking God for what he's doing in it and showing us how to be submitted to him in it. And when we do that, then, like Justin said, you step and you step out in faith and obedience and then he'll show himself faithful to you. Then it increases your faith. Then he'll give you another thing to step out into. And it'll be bigger. And it'll be more of that. I cannot see where I'm going. I have no idea what to do. And you step again. And then he'll increase it. And increase and increase. And that is how the kingdom of heaven works. It's inverted. You step first and then he shows you the faithfulness. Whereas on earth, we a lot of times get very obsessed with needing to see it before we can truly grab hold of it. I'm healthy if everything is perfect in my life, and, and nobody's sick around me. I'm, my marriage is great when we're getting along, and everything's perfect. So we like to see first, and then say, okay, this is what we are. But God says, this is what you are, so that when you come up against something that tries to tell you that's not who you are, you come back to truth. You come back to faith. You come back to relationship. That's intimacy. And so the, the I'm going to close off with reiterating those first three things that I talked about, and I know that there's some space on your note sheet. But the three basic ways to pave the way to faith and increase in faith are understanding his nature. So it's nature, witness, and experience. Understanding God's nature. How do we do that? We understand God's nature through the works of Christ. Christ said, the works that I do, the very works that I do reveal the Father, and so they reveal his nature. Get into the word and understand the God that you serve. Understand who he is, what his nature is, what the works of Christ were. Healing, deliverance, restoration, salvation. Romans uh, ten seventeen says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I know that it's easy for us here in America because we've got a bible on every i'm just coming apart at the seams up here we got a bible on every bookshelf i'm sure i mean we've got a bunch of them at our house and i'm sure you go into any house and you know there's all kinds of different translations and bookstores that you can find bibles and so sometimes i think we find it novel it's like oh that's cool you got a bible you got this translation i got that translation this one's a really great one to read but you understand that the word reveals who god is And so the word leads you to who God is. So it's not just about reading it, it's about experiencing who he is through it and coming to him. As a matter of fact, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees because they like to always argue with his word, but he said, you don't understand that you search the scriptures and think you're going to find salvation in them, but those are supposed to lead you to me, but you refuse to come to me. And so as you read the word and you study the word, let it lead you to the nature of Christ and who he is, not just a great scripture to memorize, hang on your wall and think, okay, cool. I got that one down. Okay, number two, witness and testimony. So the witness and testimony of those around you of God's faithfulness is super important that we share this with one another. And I know Pastor Eric talked about small groups. This is a great way to share. The faithfulness of God. If you read biblical examples of how God upheld the prophets, the kings, the priests, and the common people. It's all over the place if you read it in here. Also, just current, current day testimonies. I love true stories. I love watching true stories, like movies based off of true stories, and just triumph and how God comes through and meets people. Those testimonies and witnesses are so important for us to understand. We can trust him. Because not only does the word tell us we can and we understand his nature, but it's happening around us people are experiencing the faithfulness of God. It boosts our faith. And then number three, experience. It's great to watch everybody else experience God and get healed and delivered and restored, and that's wonderful, but until it becomes a reality for you, it doesn't create a foundation. Knowledge plus experience creates an unshakable foundation for you. So you have to allow God to bring you into a place that you are unfamiliar with. You have to allow him to stretch you into a place that you've never been before so that as you trust him and have faith, he meets you and shows you that even in your life, it's for you. The promise is for you, not just for everybody else around you. And when you experience, when you pave your life with these three things, you walk and increase in faith in a way that will bless and speak to others around you. Amen? And so I'm going to ask the band to just come back up and get Comfortable here and start playing. Do you need this on here? Okay. (laughs) Like really, we um, a few weeks ago had. I
1: have no idea what she's going to share, so I'm nervous.
0: (laughs) No, it's not about you, dear. Well, in a way, I guess. I guess it is. It's not embarrassing, don't worry. Um, a few weeks ago, we were sleeping and we received a phone call at about 1:30 in the morning. And it was my father-in-law. My father-in-law does not call really for anything <laughs> other than informational purposes, especially not at 1:30 in the morning. And so I saw his name on the screen and I was like, "Oh Jesus." Help me, Lord. And so I answered the phone and he asked for Justin and I gave him the phone. And I could hear his voice. And I could hear him say, there's been an accident. That our 19-year-old nephew had been killed in a car accident. And this was just a few weeks ago, just after Christmas here. And I remember hearing, if you have a smartphone, you can hear... Like when somebody's talking, you can hear voices and I just heard it and it just, it just hit. And I was like, oh God. Like the wrenching wrecking ball that you have no idea what to do with in the moment. Because all of the scriptures that you know, all the prayers that you've prayed, all the great spiritual persona that you have is just gone when life hits that way. And I just remember saying, God, I don't even know what to say. And he said, praise me, just praise me. And to me, it seemed so like, why would you? It's like, I know this, but it's still in my flesh. I say, why would you ask me to praise you in this, just in this moment of tragic information? and i quickly remembered isaiah 61:3 when when jesus gave the great exchange this for that this for that beauty for ashes the oil of gladness for a spirit of he- for for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness but see this great exchange comes by faith because when we are wrecked by the information of the world and the raging of the world god says Give that to me because I have something better for you. Because even in that most tragic of information, I have life to pour into you. Because I don't, he doesn't afflict us with tragedy, but he does not waste one drop of pain. Not one, not one. Every tear that we've ever cried, he's caught in his hand. And I believe that. And so we praise him. Because even in the dying of things, the word says that a grain, unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground, die, it does not produce fruit. And so when anything in this earth that we hold close dies, it does not remain empty. It produces a harvest and fruit if we allow it in our lives. And so I just began to praise the Lord. I was like, God, you are so good. I thank you that even though this information is truly, truly unbearable in this moment, God are good and I know this because I know your nature God I know who you are I know your inherent nature is good and I've seen the witness of the greats and I know the witness and testimony of people around me that you are faithful even when we lose even when we are tragically struck by things we do not expect I know that you're faithful and so I'm going to choose not to drowned in the thoughts of maybe I should have prayed more maybe maybe it doesn't work maybe he doesn't care maybe I I should just freak out and accuse him God why do you do this to us I'm gonna sow my faith and praise and say you are still God and I believe you will bring purpose out of this and I know that you will heal the pain that this pain will not be wasted and in that moment I allowed myself to step into an opportunity to experience his faithfulness. And we walked through this situation with our whole family, with a peace that truly passes understanding. The provision of God was there before we got there, and we just walked. And it's still sad. We still mourn. But we dance and praise him with joy because we know that he does not waste anything. And he's still a protector. He's still a healer. He's still a life giver. And we believe that. No matter what the enemy, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, we still believe that Jesus came to give us life and give it abundantly. And we will not give up that belief and give up that faith because a tragedy in our life struck us sideways. And that is faith because we can't see it, but we have to walk in it and let it increase us. I'm gonna have you guys just stand. And let's just wait on the Lord for a few minutes and see what he wants to do here. Because I believe, I believe that freedom being the central mission of the gospel is always the center of how God wants us to live. Free, free in our spirit, free in our soul, free in our body, free in our mind, free in our heart. there is nothing and no one in this world that could separate us from that fact that his love knows no bounds. And so God we thank you today I just want you to close your eyes and reach out to him in your heart or with your hands. God we thank you this morning for faith. We thank you for faith that moves mountains, God. We thank you for a faith, God, that meets us right where we are and gives us the courage to step out into the unknown. And we thank you, Lord, that we can trust you because when we step out, you meet us and increase us, Lord. And so we ask you, Lord, this morning to increase us. Increase us in faith, God, as we walk in faith in our marriage, with our children, with our jobs, with our finances, with our spiritual life. As we, as we continue to, to journey through this 21 days of prayer and fasting, through dangerous prayers, God, we step out in faith and pray these bold prayers, these dangerous prayers. And know that no matter what comes, you are here. You will meet us right here.